0: increasing regulation, market saturation, and rising interest rates. Still think short-term rentals make sense? You're not alone. Join industry experts Bill Faith and Kenny Bedwell as they discuss how you can invest while still staying ahead of the curve, identifying trends before they happen, or blowing them away outright with their insights. This is STR Anomics. Are you looking to invest in short-term rentals in North Carolina or South Carolina? There's a lot of great markets there, but even more importantly, the markets are that you find the right agent, and that's where my man, Tyler Kuhn, comes into place. I personally used him for three purchases, totaling over $3.5 million, and I would not look to anybody else. Just jump down into the show notes right here below the podcast, click on the link, and book a free discovery call with Tyler to explore the opportunities in both North
1: Carolina and South Carolina today.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to STRonomics. I'm joined by my good friend, Kenny Bedwell from STR Insights. What's up, my man?
1: Hey, not much. Just uh, enjoyed the holidays. Had a good, some good time off, good rest, and it's time to grind. So I'm just very nice. excited to
0: be here. It is. It's 2023. It's uh, going to be a different year than 2022. There's no question. I just put a property under contract last week, which is a little bit scary, but also, you know, I'm really excited. I've been looking for it for two and a half years. And it's funny because, Uh, For those of you that are listening, I just called Kenny this morning and said, dude, we need to get on today and record a podcast uh, for this week because Kenny just released an amazing report on the best markets to invest into in 2023. The week before Christmas, I was in Montana and I actually looked at a place in one of the markets. Unfortunately, the house was just a piece of garbage and it was going to take hundreds of thousands of dollars. You've got
1: quorum on there. I went to Corum. I'm seeing where it is on here. Oh like yeah. It. Really it went
0: to work because it was so close to Glacier National Park. Literally like a seven minute drive to oh. get in the park, but the, the place just wasn't my jam. So uh but I did put a place in Whitefish, Montana under contract. I'm really excited about Kenny. This is gonna be really almost all you. I might ask a couple of questions as we go through, but obviously you and STR Insights have just released the twenty twenty-three places to buy, you know, the best markets. Take it away.
1: Wow. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So um, yeah, I I guess a little bit of background on this report. We've kind of most investors by now, unless you're first time and you haven't seen, but there's a lot of, we see a lot of these reports or blogs out there about, oh, these are the best markets to invest in. And one thing I've learned about all of these reports and blogs is that there's always some sort of biasness to them because they don't have the information and the data that's readily available to a select few. And so what ends up happening is you, if you actually dive deeper into who wrote the report, you'll you will actually be able to figure out their biases. So for example, I saw a report, I, I don't remember the name of it, but the author, I looked him up and, you know, one of the markets he suggested he lived in. And he also suggested like two other markets within 30 minutes away from where he lived. Isn't that and a one, Kenny? Yeah,
0: We see just riddled on social media that people recommend where they live or where they're already invested. And then you really got to be, I I mean, I have a lot of great friends that are real estate agents and brokers, but there's a motive for them to say, invest in Port Aransas or, you know, Gulf Shores or whatever, because they're there to sell you properties.
1: Right. There's always a bias. And, And I think that's the key word. There's always a bias. There will never not be a report without a bias because- you have to do some sort of research into these markets to see if they're even investable. I mean, the numbers could make sense. And this is the problem I saw when I was going through this report, I had a completely different list of markets that that should have made the report but didn't because they didn't meet certain criteria such as the investability of them. Meaning, can you actually invest in these markets today and expect the returns you're going to see in either the long term or based on regulation. That was kind of the biggest killer was regulation. A lot of markets are perceived for doing well across the country because of regulation has capped the amount of supply, but there's still that great demand there. And regulation isn't necessarily a bad thing. And you you know as well as I do. I always talk, I always talk about how great regulation can be. But some markets, they've literally said, look, you can only have, there's only 20 STRs allowed here. That's it, you know, and there's millions of people going to that market every year. And so, of course, those STRs are going to have really, really strong numbers, but we can't put that in the report. So, I think it's important that one, the biases in the report, I think, has to do with you know, choosing markets that had a little more favorable regulation. Now, that's not necessarily the case for all of them, especially in the Northeast and Midwest and West, but they are investable markets. We've gone through the markets and we've asked those questions. Can I, as a new investor or experience, go into this market and actually pull the trigger in, on a property and expect it to make money or cash flow in 2023?
0: I want to know what that market is. It only allows 20 STRs. And I'm going to go door knocking to try to buy one of those.
1: A lot of them are in California. Yep. <laughs> so you're like, Oh, California, New York. Uh, there's a couple in New York, the Hamptons, for example, mm-hmm. all the Hamptons were really high up there. And you're looking in the Hamptons and you cannot. S There are some weird rules. So like when I say re- weird rules, I don't want to show markets where you can only STR for, you know, 180 days, or you have, you can do it for 30 months stay or 30 day stays, or, you know, all these like weird uh, restrictions that a market might have. Um, I wanted to choose markets that, you know, we typically think of, they might be traditional, they might not be, but they're, they're markets that you can actually go in and invest in and have a good uh, runway. Something else that I think needs to be stated that a lot of people don't quite understand is even though there's a market in here that, looks attractive to invest in it doesn't mean that you can just go buy any property in that market and invest in it and expect it to make the same numbers you're seeing in the report uh, the report represents the average there are a lot, there's half the properties performing below the average and a lot of people have become yeah you know, professional hosts meaning they they host on their own uh they don't have property management so you know we're no longer competing on this uh you know Uh, against property management companies as much as what we were doing before. So I I, I truly believe by the end of 2023, it will be near impossible. We'll be saying at best, I'll be in the 75th percentile for revenue performance, you know, not 90th anymore. I don't think that's going to be a thing because of how much competition has really increased in all markets across the country. So.
0: So I think on the flip side of what you just said about there is markets on your list and you're going to break these down by region and yes. also budget, right? Right. Well, so if you're looking to invest into a market that's not on the list, that doesn't mean that you're going into a bad market. Correct. And, you know, Kenny's going to list, I think, what is there, five regions, four properties or five properties per regions for about like 20, 25 properties?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's five markets per four. So there's four regions total and yeah. there's five five markets per region. So
0: basically Sorry. the top 20 properties or top 20 markets, roughly in, in, in the different regions, if it's not on there, that doesn't mean that it's not gonna work for you. And that's one thing that I think becomes really important that Kenny and I talk about a lot, is you have to distill this down as your top level information. And then you're gonna go down to the property level, the, mi- the micro market level, the neighborhood uh, level. I'm just gonna give you a really quick example. I have a place under contract here. Uh, it's a lifestyle asset. I called Kenny. He ran the numbers for me. Even I looked at it at SDR Insights. I wanted to see if he could find any other data. And literally the property that I put under contract is going to... Most people would be challenged to do a hundred, hundred and ten thousand $110,000 and it's a million dollar investment. I believe with my marketing skills, I can probably push 140 to 150 because of the views of the, the river, all these different things, that place. And there, there's... A place, one place in Montana that's on Kenny's list. It's going to be Quorum, and a lot of that's based on proximity to the national park, Glacier National Park. I, I have to assume, and I wanted the house to work, the property to work so badly because of that proximity to what I think is probably the second greatest, if not the greatest, national park we have in the country. And I just couldn't make it work without like literally tearing the whole thing down. And, and that's we- not bias. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, this whole purchase is about bias for me. You know that, right? Or I would never make this type of a purchase just based on a a financially driven decision.
1: One thing too, I'll say as well is all the markets, the majority of them are not all the markets. The majority of the markets here fell. They are near. We talk about this all the time. The traffic drivers, a lot of these markets are near national parks and a lot are in the mountains or are on some sort of water. So I think that that's really an, a strong indication of look in 2023 we can't just go invest in you know middle america middle of the cornfield markets we need to choose markets why i'm not saying middle america is a bad place to invest but there's select areas in middle america that are investable and the rest is not um and it's the same thing around the country so we get we have to be careful and for me as a a data analyst, I'm always looking for trends and patterns in the data. So, you know, a lot of these names, well, I know the markets now, but before a lot of the names didn't, I didn't know them. I didn't know, you know, I knew what state they're in, but it's like, okay, what's near there. And you start looking for the trends and patterns and you start seeing that they all have massive traffic drivers, whether it's a lake or a beach or in the mountains or near that national park or a ski, you know, there's this big ski resort near there. They all have something that is driving a lot of traffic, and then some of them have also on top of that some sort of regulation that kind of keeps the uh, supply down with demand still being great. So there, there's some common uh, patterns or trends that we can see in this report that stand out to me. That even though I personally uh, would in you know these markets are attractive, but there might be other markets that have similar characteristics that you could find an opportunity that might even have a better return than some of the ones you're seeing here. So don't take, oh, this list is either the best markets that you know I can't find anything better than this only in these markets, that's not true. Uh, You can definitely find deals and opportunities that are better in really most markets around the country that are better than these, but on average, the market as a whole is performing better than the averages of the other markets. What I love
0: about you, I love the honesty disclaimer, the the honesty and the transparency, right? Really important. And and there's one thing that blew me away when I saw this report out. What was it? Right before Christmas or after Christmas? I can't remember. Before Christmas, yeah. And I mean, everybody migrated to beach during COVID. You know, it's it was the Smokies or beach. If they couldn't get in there, then you know, Texas Hill Country or Broken Bow or whatever. I think there was like one beach, if I remember correctly. I don't have the report open in front, but there's the beach is not dominant inside this report. No, It's ski, it's mountains, it's national park, like you said. And that kind of blew me away, you know, but it makes sense because most beach markets have what? Most of them have one traffic driver. Correct. They don't have two, they don't have three, they don't have four. And when you're talking about the average, I think the luxury spaces, the Experiential places will still stand out going into 2023, But the average property that a lot of people bought for six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars 800000 tier three, tier four, tier five, those are going to struggle mightily, uh, I okay. believe, you know, over okay. the foreseeable future. So let's dive in, you know, where, where, where you want to start.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, the report's broken down by, like we talked about, uh, the top five markets per region, per budget. That's huge. Not... Look, you know, let's take all the markets and all the different budget ranges, but let's actually put them in together. The first budget range that we have is the three hundred dollars to $500,000 range. Now, one thing that I will point out too is as we go through the budgets is that as you naturally increase in budget, the ROI, the average ROI uh, for each of the markets decreases as well. So meaning that really you get your biggest bang for your buck in a lower budget category. So you can find better deals across the country with lower budgets. This is just naturally true. I mean, Bill, Bill and I have been talking about this really for the last what four to five, maybe even six months. was the last time we've probably seen May, in,
0: probably late May to early June, I would guess.
1: Right. So when have we actually seen million dollar plus properties doing you know twenty percent ROI? Like the actual properties themselves, it's it's very few and far in between. And so if you're looking to get into the space. You know, understanding that, hey, I don't need to go buy a million dollar property. I can go buy a 750 or 600 and get a better ROI on it, even though it's not cash flowing as much. Uh, You will get a better deal in that range. So keep that in mind if you're trying to make some decisions.
0: Are you looking to purchase an STR in the Western North Carolina mountains, the high country, maybe even on on the beach of North Carolina and the OBX or all the way down into Hilton Head, South Carolina, my man. Tyler Kuhn from Savvy Realty has you covered, and one of the things that I love about Tyler is he specializes in short-term rentals. He takes a no BS approach, is honest, and is filled with integrity. How do I know this? Because I've used Tyler on three transactions, totaling almost $3.5 million, and he has absolutely crushed it for me. Look, if you're not sure where you should invest, he's based out of Asheville, North Carolina. He helped me invest in Banner Elk, North Carolina, and Beach Mountain, North Carolina. He's not only just a real estate agent that specializes in short-term rentals. Tyler is also an owner of short-term rentals and owns a management company. So one of the biggest hurdles for us mentally is to get over, how do I find cleaners? How do I find handymen? How do I find a plumber? Well, you know what? Tyler's dialed in and he helps his clients navigate those issues. So if you're looking to invest pretty much anywhere in the Carolinas, Tyler Kuhn from Savvy Realty is your man. And right now he's actually doing a free discovery call. You can click down on the link in the notes and set up your
1: free discovery call with Tyler today. So jumping right into this, the the you know the biggest takeaway so i have it by you know the midwest northeast south and west um like i said a lot of these areas Mm -hmm. here so mears oh boy maybe menacing there a lot of these are on water lakes rivers tobiana these are uh these are in the uh, poconos area uh ski in uh vermont new hampshire wilmington's also ski like East, uh, Ray has got uh, Shenandoah National Park. Candler, which is near Asheville. Seminole, Florida, which is somewhat near the beach. Not on the beach, though. There's, and in Fayetteville, I think there's a new national park there in Fayetteville that just opened up recently. Uh, that's kind of a sleeper market I'd keep my eye on. It's It's been up pretty high for a while now. Um, but there's some really interesting markets here. Uh, one of the ones that kind of stood out to me, really the only urban market that made the list is North Las Vegas. So Vegas itself has some strict regulations. You can STR in the downtown area. You just can only do it in certain buildings and they have certain requirements and restrictions, but North Las Vegas is open, but you have to be careful North Las Vegas, even though it made the list. And this is that bias part because, okay, do I, you know, a lot of people who know North Las Vegas, it isn't necessarily the nicest area to be in, but that's that biasness. Do I, do I put that market in the report because it might not be the fanciest market or do I put it in the report because the numbers make six and you can still STR there? And so I decided to go with that, but this is my opinion. You know, I personally wouldn't STR there because of a number of reasons, but it's also North Las Vegas, but the short-term rentals are doing really well there. So if you're there and you're looking in that market, that's an opportunity to to go after. So I don't know, Bill, anything stand out here to you?
0: Seminole Florida is actually the one that stands out to me. I mean, being a golfer I'm very familiar and I've been to Seminole Florida and it's not, you know, extremely close to the beach by any means. Um so I'm um, it's, it's just interesting to me. I don't know why that would be on the list, but that's really in this price range the only relevant market that's even remotely close to the beach like we talked about previously.
1: Right. I yeah, I agree with that. And you just the no beach
0: New Mexico. Is that uh, like a Taos or is that Albuquerque? That's,
1: that's right next to Taos. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, I mean, that's something that I, that kind of excites me. I love those secondary ski markets and nobody talks about Taos, New Mexico for a storm.
1: Nobody does. Yeah.
0: <laughs> really, Southern Colorado is what it is. The skiing in Taos is supposed to be exceptional. And if you can get in there at, you know, 361, 19%
1: ROI, that gives a lot of room for scale. Yeah. I agree with that. I think that, it's just affordable, you know, and that's that's the cool thing about this list is hey, look, check out these markets, they're affordable. These are the affordable ones. You know, if you're trying to get in, you know, Crescent City, California is is a good one. There's an there's the uh, Redwood Forest, there uh, Eureka, California is over there as well. It's it's really beautiful. I've stayed there. Um you can find some good opportunities in uh that you're shaking your head no. <laughs> you're like, "California?" Yeah, I mean, that's my bias. I grew up there. Yeah lived there till I was 27,
0: 28 years old. I would never invest there, but that's just because of, of my history and, you know, growing up and under the, sure. and all no, that.
1: I, I agree. I'm not, uh, I'm not really for and it. I
0: mean, And that's something I think that's really important. Like California is an example. You better compare your tax rate in California on your revenue to Arizona or to Nevada, you know, and if you wanted to jump into Lake Tahoe on the Nevada side versus being in South Lake Tahoe or being in Crescent city. Look, I get that middle, the middle part of California from Fresno up to basically, you know, the South Bay, it's a strong place right now, but that's on the growth side. You, you got to figure out your net. That's the whole basis of the pro I
1: I agree with that. You know, and I, like I said, I mean, there's Alaska here. I personally wouldn't invest in Alaska. Like I'm not even thinking about Alaska, but they've got some markets doing well there. So as we move closer to kind of what I would say the average across the country of the 500,000 to 750 uh, range, you know, we can see there's some more markets, some more familiar markets start to open up. The beach ones do start to appear. So Roadneth is uh, in the uh, Outer Banks of North Carolina. There, it is a smaller market. I mean, there's just not a lot of properties there. And that was something else, too. I mean, that's another... Uh, issue that some of these markets are super small. they don't have they might have a lot of short-term rentals, but they don't have a lot of land space. I mean this is the outer banks. this is essentially an island, you know which caps the supply simply for land space and the land is disappearing there too in the outer banks. so there's a whole number of uh, reasons that uh, this this market um, kind of limits the supply it's not even because of regulation. Uh, but I mean that if you can get in the market, and I think this is a report saying it's like, look, if you can find opportunity, like a, a, a property for seller that where the numbers make sense, it's gonna it's gonna be a good market to land in because of just the limited amount of saturation that can come into that market.
0: I think the most interesting one on this list, at least to me, is Custer, South Dakota, and if if people aren't familiar with, and that's in the. The very top up there, people aren't familiar with Custer, South Dakota. There's compression events, you know, like the big Harley rally that they have every single year. But it's literally right adjacent to Deadwood, and
1: that's right. I was like, "What's the, what's the park near there?"
0: Yeah, Custer National Park.
1: Custer National Park. Yep, that one. <laughs> Custer
0: National Park. You got Mount Rushmore. You have a mm-hmm. lot of things that drive tourism, where I don't think most people would ever even consider you know, going into South Dakota, any place. But once you kind of dive deeper into that research, you can see how this thing uh, can be generating 17% gross ROI.
1: Well, and then also, if you look at that area, I mean, uh, some of these areas, even in Wisconsin, like Fish Creek and there, well, okay, let's focus on Custer. There is nothing near, in terms of like civilization around that area, like Custer's kind of, The place to be that you stay in if you're going to these areas, uh, these parks nearby. And when you say
0: nothing, you're talking five to six, four to six hour drives. There's literally nothing. You're going to Cody, Wyoming, which is like a six to seven hour drive. You're going to Fargo's about a four to five hour drive. I mean, there's, there's nothing close. You're right.
1: Right. And so this is where people stay. You know, they're driving road trips. People go to Mount Rushmore. Uh, People go to the national parks like they're going to drive in and and stay in these locations. And so um, I think that's that's important. Hollister is actually near. I want to say it's near Branson, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. It's just south of Branson. So it's kind of like that tertiary market of Branson area that that's that's doing well. So anyway, I think the other one
0: that stands out here, if you want to talk a little bit about Dandridge, Tennessee, you know, Mm -hmm. Very, very close to, it's in the Smokies, very, very close to Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge, kind of that tri-city area. But it's far enough away to where it's really not, right? Yeah. So, why is that doing 19% gross ROI?
1: Yeah, and compared to like Gatlinburg's only, I think, like 13,
0: 12, 13. Obviously, medium Mm -hmm. cost.
1: Yeah. Well, Dandridge has some HOAs where you can't STR. So they limit, so it kind of limits the opportunity, but then there's only few places on the actual lake itself. Uh, when I say few, I mean like, you know, compared to an average lake where there's houses all around it. Douglas Lake? Yes, yep. Yeah. And so the, the dandridge market is unique because there's only so many, once again, limited supply. When there's limited supply, the demand cannot be satisfied. So the ROI naturally is increased because people can charge higher prices. I think Dandridge, I've been working with a few people in our accelerator course, um, who've looked, who are looking at building in Dandridge. And uh, some of the numbers, depending on the lot of, the lot itself have been working out quite well where we're seeing around a 19% gross ROI um, in, in terms of, you know, if they build, they're finding, Plots of land that are, you know, they can build a house on and be all in for eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars, and it's going to have a twenty percent gross ROI return. And there's just not not a lot of competition. And uh, if you look at if you look at the properties and Dandridge, there's some that are really nice, and there's a, the majority are not. Uh, they're pictures on their phones. You know, I'm talking big, uh, even million dollar plus properties. Someone's taking photos from like a. A Google Pixel or <laughs> something, you know, like just like old school, like not I say old school, but They're just you know about
0: the trio from back right
1: back. exactly, and uh, it's you know yeah. they have a swimming pool, they they have a lot of potential. They're just kind of leaving on the table because they don't have to compete as much as people in Surveyville, Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge. You know that try that's a great area.
0: market up there. There's a lot of stuff I've actually been looking at recently, Kenny. I mean, the whole East Tennessee market's really strong. But if you've ever driven to, and this is something I want, so almost every town, every market that Kenny's identifying here, they're secondary markets, right? And that's where I've done the majority of my investing in my career. But here's what I want you to think about. You know, data is incredible, but there's also a human element outside of the data. So Kenny's a data analyst, I'm that human element, the marketing guy, you know, outside of that. I drive right past some of the entrance let me rephrase that. I drive right past the exit off Interstate 40 going through Knoxville every time I go to and from North Carolina to my properties. And I started looking where you're coming up. If I'm heading kind of east on 40 through Knoxville. You turn right uh, to head to Gatlinburg, to head to the Smokies. I'm turning left and going the opposite direction. And it's farther away from the Smokies and Dandridge, but it's only about 20, 25 minutes to get there. And the property values plummet. Literally, John Hodge, the bank whisperer and I, partners with Kenny and I in the super team accelerator, just looked at a property two days ago for $199,000 for seven acres with a river. And the houses, it needs a lot of work. I mean, a lot of work. You're basically buying land. But where can you buy land for $199,000 with prime land, prime location per septic? all that type of stuff with a freaking river running through it. And then you can go build a, a three or a $400,000 cabin or put tiny homes or tents and it's unrestricted land. Those are opportunities that I look at. So one of the things I think is really important is take this report, pull up Google maps, draw a circle around it, and then look at what's inside that circle, but outside of the circle as well. And I think that's why Dandridge has become such a big thing. People like one, they, they love Douglas Lake. Two, it's, it's underserviced, as you just mentioned. And three, you can get in for a fraction of the cost of what it would cost to get into downtown Gatlinburg or Spareville.
1: Yep. So I think that uh, when we look at when we're looking for opportunities, and maybe that'll be another podcast episode, is what types of strategies or opportunities are we looking for in, in 2023? It's, it's going to be unique in different markets that still offer that traffic driver just might not be that traffic driver that everybody's already talking about. But yeah, so Dandridge is definitely one of those. I, I have uh, Maybank, Texas on here too. It's a great lake. Uh, I've seen some really of actually helping out another friend find a property there and thought it was interesting that that market popped up on the report. And I was like, well, you're you're on the right track if it's on this report. So thought that was uh, kind of cool. Some other markets that kind of point out Garden City, Utah, which is near near Zion, uh, once again, there's not a lot of properties just available or for sale in these in some of these markets. Waldport, Oregon, same thing. Uh, you know, you're going to struggle to find a lot of um, properties just in general for sale in those markets. And so it's really uh, we we have to. I, I think it's important not to necessarily identify one market that speaks to you, but at least two to three because you're gonna be going through and trying to find, and there might not be anything in that market for sale or available. Uh, So it's always in this year, I think 2023, we've got to uh, be looking in multiple markets, not just a single market to find a deal in that's gonna work. Agreed. Moving along, getting to the uh, 750,000 to $1 million budget range. So now we're talking like kind of really nice areas, more traditional vacation rental markets, You know, where if you look in the South, you'll see like some typical ones like Kissimmee, Gulf Breeze. Uh, These markets are good. Um, You know, we we remember from the conversation at the beginning, we're now in a 10 to 13% average ROI range. Okay. The markets at the beginning were 20s to, you know, low or upper teens to, to the 20s. And so we're really sacrificing just to be in a nicer market. And this is where you're going to see a lot of these big time popular markets. Uh, I know Gatlinburg's not on the list here, Destin, but you know they're at nine, 11 percent gross ROI. You know, barely all. You know, missing the cutoff, but in relation to other markets that aren't as expensive, you know, they don't compare. They don't hold a candle in terms of the ROI. Uh, so that's important that we don't just say, "Oh, well, this is what I can afford." Let me go only look in this price range in these markets. But let be uh, be mindful that some of the more affordable markets actually have better ROI, uh, better ROI as well. So, and yeah, so I mean, really, you know, you really have uh, out west. Once again, the uh, national parks are going to win here. So, being near a national park out west, I think is is key to long term success in the, in this uh, STR game. Okay, um, let me think of any eh, it's New York. It's funny, Geneva is north of Watkins Glen. So if anybody knows that, that's where my property is in New York is Watkins Glen, Geneva is 30 minutes north. So it's a, it's a really beautiful area, but expensive. Or Central California again,
0: Kenny, Yosemite.
1: Yosemite, yeah. If you can find a property there, it's a very, very limited market. Um, what's the market near there? There's Bass Lake and there's, um, oh boy, there's another market near Yosemite that's near the actual national park. Uh, Oakhurst, California, uh, that's not on the list, but it's also a good strong market. But you need to be careful. You can't just go buy any property there. Once again, that, that idea. Same thing with Yosemite. If you can find a property for sale, Yosemite National is an actual town near or in technically inside the park of Yosemite National Park. And so, uh, one of the awesome things about that market being in that market, if you can find a property, is that if you guests who are staying in that market don't actually need to buy multiple day passes to enter into the park there or have permits to go into the park, they are in the park um, and they can stay technically in the park. So it's kind of a cool bonus there, but once again, limited supply, and you're gonna see that across a lot of these markets. Okay. And then the last market just to keep going here is the million dollar plus range million dollar club. These are going to be some of your big time, you know, swanky markets across the country. You know, we have Key Largo, Ocean Island Beach, Melbourne Beach. Uh, some of these markets are super small as well. And that's why the average, the median price, excuse me, is is a lot more is because it's kind of a, you know, a small land mass, And that's why prices overall are, are pretty high. But, um, you know, we're Parts of South Florida, parts of really nice parts of uh the Great Lakes area in Michigan. I was surprised on some of these markets in Michigan. I never heard of or seen. And there's, you know, multi-million dollar properties sitting on the lake, beautiful markets. Yeah, but um, are you beautiful.
0: interested in an eleven percent ROI in Lakeside Michigan as an investment? No.
1: Personally, no. That, and I always going to caveat that with personally, you know, the disclaimer like, hey, you know, this doesn't fit for everyone. But
0: really, you, if you're in the lifestyle asset, that may be good, right?
1: Yes, that, that is true. You know, it's interesting
0: that you see you show Cave Creek at thirteen percent because when I was out looking in Montana, we also hit Cave Creek and Fountain Hills and Scottsdale. You know, right after that, and you know, just once again, from a, I, I think that a lot of people need to be prudent, and if you're making strictly financially driven decisions, you know. At least all of these, except for one market, the Main, is off my off my list. You know, it used to be twenty percent. You know, gross ROI, maybe fifteen percent now. But man, I mean, nine ten percent just doesn't do it from an investment standpoint, in my opinion.
1: I agree, and I, I'll point out too that as we get in, gotten more expense into these higher end markets, they do have some less flexible regulation. I mean, Fountain Hills, even Cape Creek in Arizona, the regulation there, you can invest in those markets. It's just going to be very limited in where you can invest and how you can invest in the hoops you have to jump through. So I I know some people are, you know, oh, Fountain Hills, you know, like they, I heard this and yeah, we've checked all these markets. you You can purchase an STR there. You can STR there. You just have to jump through certain hoops. You can't just buy a property anywhere. Like I've been saying that all the time, but you know, I'm hearing few folks in the well, background.
0: City Spark, it's a great example. It's just HOA driven.
1: Yes, right? and yeah, exactly. And
0: Scottsdale just had this sweeping regulation change in November uh, that just really crippled a lot of the larger properties. And so now there's a lot of, you know, properties that are operating illegally. And what and what do you think happening? The city of Scottsdale is working with Airbnb mm-hmm. to implement the software and it'll be a couple of months and then those people will get shut down.
1: Um, exactly.
0: The new software. So don't be one of the people that thinks you can go in and just slide under the radar. You might get away with it for two or three months, but I'd hate to see you buy a $500,000 million dollar house. And then, you know, not be able to operate two, three, four months down the road and not be able to sell.
1: Right. I think that's important. Remember the most dangerous market is a market with no regulation. So you do want to find markets with regulation, but you want to make sure they have balance and they're, you're not fighting against the community to be there. I think that's a that's a major issue we're seeing is these are the markets, you know, setting aside these are markets that, you know, they have some sort of tourist attraction some traffic driver there. And people know that that brings in and impacts our local economy. So they're not going to ban it altogether. And so we want to make sure that we're in we want to invest in those types of markets where there are you know the the community recognizes the importance of short term rentals and not just as you know this uh thing that's eating the housing market up so
0: so i know you had a couple more pages to to show there kenny but we we're running out of time those of you that are watching please jump down to the show notes and we'll have the link inside the show notes that you can go to to be able to download this free report. It's 100% free, correct? Kenny? Yes,
1: yep, yep, 100% free. 100%. Uh, I just need a credit card, a social security card and a passport of some sort. But just uh, <laughs> kidding. 100% free
0: 2023 best markets to invest in to just jump down into the show notes. Kenny, anything you want to, uh, you know, end the, end this episode with just I,
1: I, I want to go back and emphasize I've had I know I know we're we're stretching time here, but it's this month or December, the month of December, I had four people that I don't know reach out to me about deals that terrible deals they made in big popular markets. Mm-hmm. And they were asking for advice or they're asking for what do you do now? Like what would you recommend? And, you know, I'd I'd analyze the deal, look at the deal and see what they thought they'd make and what they're actually making. And the truth of the matter is, is they did not do the adequate research into the markets to see if the property they were buying was going to be a long term good deal. They were relying on people who were saying this is a good market to invest in and then purchasing the property simply based on that like hearsay. Yeah, this is a great market. It doesn't matter where you invest. You're going to see these types of numbers. And that's just not true. And I want to just hit this again. And there's in some of the markets, one of the markets is in the report. And we looked at the numbers and the numbers fall below the average because they, they they weren't careful on where to invest in that market. And so we need to make sure we're doing that research beyond just pulling the trigger on a property in a market. But It's the micro market that's most important. So I I would encourage people who read the report. It's great information to get started. It is not the end all be all. So you need to do your due diligence.
0: Awesome. And just one last reminder, you can jump down into the show notes right down below us and click on the link. You may have to copy and paste uh, and then you can download this report for free. Kenny, thanks for sharing, buddy.
1: No problem.
0: All right. We will see you guys on the next episode of STR Anomics. Have a great day, everybody, and happy hosting. Thank you for listening to STR Anomics. Stay ahead of the curve and subscribe today. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.